You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to begin by calling in the helping spirits to be with us here today. So I call out first to your ancestors and then to mine. I call out to all of those people who lived well and died well and bring a legacy of all that is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines to us. I ask for these ancestors to gather around us and to help us, help us to lift off the burden of those who have gone before us and that are not yet where they belong, those who have been stuck here and have hung around because they have unfinished business. I ask you to help us, ancestors, to get some distance from this burden and that that we might change and grow and innovate and be the people that we have come to be in our own destiny and in the doing of that, then turn to offer the grace and the blessing of healing to these unresolved ancestors. So I ask these ancestral helping spirits, those who are clear and ready to help us, the living in a good way, in the old way, we ask them to be with us here today to guide us, to be strong in our time, to be compassionate in our time, and to be creative in our time, that we can respond to all that our time is calling out of us. And I ask for the non-human ancestors to gather around us here as well and the wisdom of this world, the wisdom of this earth to be here with us and to guide us as we repair all that has been set asunder and begin to live in a way that is truly good for all living things. And with all the ancestors gathering around, let us gather ourselves, drawing our awareness from wherever it might be into our head and from our heads to our hearts from our hearts down to our bellies and from our bellies let us reach down and touch the earth and stop all that we're doing here for at least this moment and to just tune into the energy of the earth and to give thanks thanks for this day thanks for the miracle of this day thanks for the beauty and the diversity and the opportunity and the challenges and all that is happening in your life in this day to give you what you need to become the man or the woman you were born to be We give great gratitude to the earth for this place, this beautiful journey. And we give thanks to the generosity and the dreaming of this planet that has created this situation such that we can change anything as long as we are still breathing. So give great gratitude to the earth and let's begin to send our energy down through all the layers of the earth and let our gratitude pour out as we go into every layer, reaching all the way down to the very center of the earth and taking a moment there to connect deeply in the center of the earth. And we connect to these essential earth energies that restore and renew and replenish. These are these energies of potential that rise up to the surface of the earth and become all the many things that is the abundance of life here on earth. And so we tap into that energy in the earth that is before the abundance 
before the rising and the blossoming, before all that we are harvesting now here in the Northern Hemisphere, before this there is an energy that is at the source of those things. And we ask this energy to rise up now, rising up through all the layers of the earth into our body and to bring to us this energy that we can now use to ground ourselves deeply and firmly into the center of the earth. And from that grounding, let us get a sense of self and a sense of place and a sense of knowing where we stand in that place. And from there, let us get a sense of home, begin to build a sense of home, a sense of hearth in that home and a sense of belonging. And let us do all of these things in a way that are not attached to a particular place or a particular structure, but is a quality of energy that we bring with us wherever we go. And may we do this in a way that has a sense of home that is open to the other, that we are open to the other, that the other may come and join us at our table to be welcomed, to be fed, and to be nourished. And in exchange, the other helps us to become the men and women that we have been destined to be. We call out to the energy of the earth to help us to understand this kind of connection and interconnection and continue to learn from the environments around us. The complex interweaving of energies that allows life on this planet to exist. And may we stop messing up that great web of life and begin to participate in it with some wisdom and some knowledge and some understanding that we need to be the ones that help the web and all of its many links to thrive. And we need to stop being the ones that in our ignorance and our arrogance, we keep blundering through the web and destroying it. Just as I do each morning as I cross my porch with this poor garden spider that keeps determined to make that web across that pathway. So this web of life, let us use this energy of the earth to weave it well with our actions and the way we choose to live in this day. And from that, may we come to understand our oneness with all things. And from that oneness, may we take right relationship with ourself, right relationship with others, right relationship with our environment and right relationship with the invisible world. And may we bring these relationships into a whole that supports us and that we support life in the way that we choose to move through each day. And so let us draw this energy of the earth up, up from the belly to the heart and the heart to the mind and reach up and out through the sky, whatever it has in store for you in this moment, out through the atmosphere and out into the cosmos. Let your energy be caressed by all the heavenly bodies and caress back as you send your energy up and out and connect with the highest power of the universe. And by whatever name you know this energy, name it. And if you have no name, simply know it, connect with it, see it in you and you in it and draw this energy down, drawing it down into the top of your head and allowing it to flow through your body and all the way down to the center of the earth. And in this way, we become this meeting place of these two great legendary lovers, the earth and sky, the yin and yang, these energies that are manifest in such great, robust beauty and bring life out of that love onto our planet. And we ask this big love to awaken the spirit of our own hearts. And may our heart awaken and light that fire under the crucible of transformation that we each carry in our chests. And may that crucible call up the fiery passions of our belly and down the crystal clarity of our mind. And let these two energies mix and mingle and dance. This dance of dynamic tension in the heart that gives birth to our understanding of the third and most sacred thing we carry in this life. 
which is the reason that we are here. May we feel or remember or have some sense of knowing of why it is that we have come into this life. And may we find in that heart the courage to do something, large or small, to bring those gifts into manifestation in the world. And for all the spirit help that is gathered around us, that helps us to do these things, I give great thanks. May what needs to be said be said, and what needs to be heard be heard. And may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. I have great gratitude also to those lovely spirits who have taken human form, and in that human form have found the generosity in their hearts to donate financially to Why Shamanism Now. This is the first time you're listening to the show. The show is listener supported, which means the show only exists out there free in, in the internet world for people to download from iTunes or whyshamanismnow.com or the cocreatornetwork.com site. Yes, they're free all over the place and they are there for you to download because there are others who are willing to donate financially to the show. So if the show moves you in any way, even if it moves you to frustration and irritation, know that you've been moved. And I ask you to do something, large or small, to support the show. Because this movement in the heart, motivating us into action, is precisely what shamanism is about at its very core. Is that all true power is mediated through the heart. And so if your heart has been moved, I ask you to do something to help support the show. If you are able to donate financially, that's delightful. And uh, you can go to whyshamanismnow.com and donate any amount, large or small. Um, All of it goes directly to keeping the show on the air. And so I give great thanks to Christina and Tamara and Anne and Belle, to Jamie, David, Elise, Sarah, and all the listeners who have done this since our last show. And thank you. And if you can't donate financially, know that in shamanism, money or whatever passes as money in a culture is not the only way that we exchange energy. And there are many, many ways you can help the show to grow. Um, Last week's show was the direct result of someone's, a listener's question. And today's show is a result of last week's show. And so there are many, many things that you can do to help the show to grow. But the most important thing to do is to live these teachings if they move you and let me know what happens. But to embody these teachings and discover how they can potentially change your life and the lives of those around you is also a great gift. So whatever it is that you can do, I ask you to do it, large or small, and help me to keep um, offering Why Shamanism Now, um, frankly, to the world. Not to be grandiose, but as long as you can get to the internet, you can get to the shows. So there you go. So thank you, everyone. Um, Some of you get confused, especially those of you that donate on – that download the shows from iTunes. Why Shamanism Now has its own website. It is called whyshamanismnow.com. And all of the shows are there archived. You can search for different shows there. You can listen to the show. You can download the shows and you can also donate from that place. So thank you everyone for all that you do to help to keep the show alive. We are live today and if you have any questions about today's topic, you are welcome to call in at 512-772-1938 or you can Skype in from the co-creatornetwork.com site. Um, or you can email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org. And for those of you that have been asking, um, no, the website isn't current. Um, since 2014, it's pretty much over. It doesn't have the new um, dates for 2015. But those of you who are wondering when the cycle starts again, 
in 2015. It is in July. Oops, that's May. July. Uh, the first through the tenth. I'm sorry, the fifth through the tenth in Arizona. So there you go. All right, moving right along with today's topic. So last week um, had a really lovely response to last week's show, which was about the seasons and about why we get depressed and what we need to be doing in the transitional seasons of spring and fall. And one of the things that we talked about is how if we deal with the natural sadness and grief that arises in the fall because the lungs in the fall are detoxing themselves, what we get from that is a renewal and a replenishment of courage. And so today I thought I would do a show about the next season and the next elemental relationship with the season so that actually we could sort of, while we're in fall, up here in the northern hemisphere at least, prepare for winter. And for those of you in the Southern Hemisphere, you can just save this show um, until for six months, and it'll be valuable to you at that time. Um, nonetheless, at the end of the show, assuming I get on with it here, I am going to be talking about dealing with fear shamanically. And so regardless of where you are in the wheel of the seasons, that could potentially be helpful. Okay, so last week we explored how we could harmonize with the seasons, and we looked specifically at the traditional, uh, the transitional seasons of spring and fall, um, since that's what we're all doing all over the planet right now, one way or another. And so we, we explored last week how we can move with grace with the seasons, rather than feeling tossed around and out of sync with the earth. Um, and as I said, there was a really strong um, and positive response to the show, so I decided to continue today. Um, and so here in the Northern Hemisphere, we're, we will be moving into winter. And uh, what I want to look at is how we can master the art of engaging with our fear so that we can truly rejuvenate and restore ourselves during this winter time, uh, which is the natural um, cycling through the, the yin and the yang of an annual cycle through a year here on Earth. So each year as we come into winter in the Northern Hemisphere, um, I've done a show about this big yin time in the winter, about going to the source, about restoring, about renewing yourself. I think one, one year, every single show in December for four or five weeks was all about moving intentionally into this time of restoration and rejuvenation. So there's at least six shows um, at, on the website, if not more. Um, uh, addressing how to attend to this time. So the reason for that is because in the Western world, especially in the United States where we have Thanksgiving and then Christmas, this time, this season when we need to be beginning to go inward and disconnect from distraction and irritation and over-engagement and parties and things – it's what we need to be doing to restore ourselves, to move with the seasons. But because of the holidays, in, in particularly in America with Thanksgiving prior to Christmas time and then New Year's, we are doing exactly the opposite of what we need to be doing to be healthy and well. And that's why there's so many shows about it. Um, and so the words about this, the Taoistic words about there, this are about the return. And what, what that means is this is the time, winter would be the time that we would return to the source, 
we would disconnect from the ins and outs and ups and downs and aggravations and distractions and enjoyment and pleasure of daily life and return to, to the source, to return from the place from which we came. And in the doing of that, in the, in the emotional and spiritual doing of that, we then connect again. We, we restore our relationship with the source. And in that, we are then reminded of why we are here. So it's about returning not only to the source, but to ourself, letting the source renew our sense of self and why we are here in terms of soul's purpose, in terms of what has meaning in our life, in terms of sensing into what is our unique genius and how do I bring that gift to the world. And so one of the primary reasons, Americans at least, don't know why they're here is because we don't spend this time annually going within to renew our understanding of that. Instead, we're running around going to parties and Thanksgiving and complaining about our relations and um, trying to get ourselves organized for ha having a happy new year. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of insanity, actually. And so in, in this Taoistic sense, the source is about you know, allowing our true nature to re-engage with nature and through nature to re-engage with this deep energy that is um, at the root of all expression of life here on the planet. And it, so it's really about returning all the way back to the energy that renews us, which ultimately is the void. If, if we go with a Taoistic or shamanic creation mythology, it's about touching back to this generative void to that place from which all things come. And so this is, of course, as I've said, the irony of the winter in the Western world is that in this time um, with all of this extroverted activity um, is happening right at this time when, when we need to be going inward. We need to disconnect from the busyness of life and the energetic demands um, and en of engaging with others. And so, so you know, why is this? So seasonally, you know, back to last week's show, seasonally, winter is full-on yin time. It's not a transitional season. It's the yin season that balances summer, which is the yang season or full yang season. And so this means that this is a time for yin activities. And I use sort of activities in a quotes because it is a time to be less active and to focus the actions that we do take on actions that cultivate yin energies. And these are the activities that engage our emotional life. And in particular, the emotions that we have not taken time to feel or express. So it is about activities that renew, uh, activities that um, we, that review the past, you know, ways in which we can go back over our our day, our week, our month, our life, you know, go back over the past and actually take accountability for aspects of ourself we have left stuck in the past. Um, and this is, of course, uh, in, in my school, we learn a skill to do this, which is the clearing practice that, that I've been teaching. Um, and so we look at ways to become accountable to ourselves where we have abandoned ourselves in the past. And it is a time um, after the grieving and the release of sadness that, that has come in fall in the, in the lung time. 
it's a time for feeling deeply into why we are here, you know, for moving through and past the sadness and the grief and really feeling into why am I here? What gives my life meaning? What matters to me so much I would commit my whole life to it? Um, so it's about um, re, re, renewing our connection to ourselves and to the source, letting the source renew us and through that renew our relationship with ourselves and remembering the deep longing that comes out of the core of who we are because it is our soul's longing for why it came into this life. Why did it bother to incarnate in the first place? So this is also a time for shadow work. It's a time to delve deeply into the selves that have um, been locked in the shadow and to use practices that allow us to free ourselves from that relationship with ourselves. And so... The thing about fighting the nature of the season is that it assures us of two things. You know, so if we fight where the season is trying to take us, number one, we will lose the maximum amount of energy possible, right? But number two is in the winter in particular, uh, but actually in any season, if we fight the natural movement of the season, we will fail to seize the opportunity in the season, and in that, then, render ourselves unprepared for the next season. In the same way, the courage that would come out of the fall sets us up and makes us ready for the work of the winter, the, the, the cleansing of the kidneys, which are the organs connected with the winter, and, and addressing our fears and moving deeply into these deep emotional places that allow us to move past the fears that keep us from being the men and the women we've come here to be. So, so this fighting the seasons undermines our conscious efforts then to maintain good health and well-being and to succeed in life, whatever that means to you, with ease and joy. So if we're, we're actively doing what we believe will make us healthy, and yet we're doing that in a way that defies the movement through the seasons, then we're, we're undermining that very health we're seeking to uh, restore. So as we are um, engaging in the fall here in the Northern Hemisphere, let's, let's now look ahead to the winter. And as I said, those of you in the Southern Hemisphere can drag this show out in six months. Um, so what are we preparing for? Okay, so winter, the elemental energy associated with winter time is the water. And the, and the organs that correspond with the water are the kidneys and the bladder, that pairing, traditionally. Um, and that this, this organ pairing opens to the outside world through the ears. So the emotion of the kidneys in excess is fear. And thus, the kidney-bladder pairing is actually also in relationship with our adrenal glands and our endocrine organs and the aspects of a brain and, and all, all the way those three things connect with and uh, the system that allows us to react to stress and fear and respond to that. So it's the, the, the cortisol response, fight, flight, freeze, um, and, and how we process those energies. So this is all tied in to the organs and the, the physiological uh, 
system that is wanting to detoxify itself in the winter time or needing to detoxify itself in the winter time. Okay, so remember, as we were just saying last week, that the lung time of the fall, if well attended to, transitions us to a place where we have courage and we are connected into our ability to surrender and to let go and we're in a place of emptiness. I mean there is an aspect of bereavement and and moving through grief and sadness that leaves us somewhat empty. Um, and the value in that as we move into the winter is it that emptiness it literally gives us an internal energetic place to put the yin, you know, to put the nourishing, replenishing energy, it gives us a place to put it. So we want to come into the winter feeling a bit empty. I mean, to take it out of the personal, it would be like a farmer surveying these fields that have been plowed under after a great harvest. There's just an emptiness there. All that was abundant and the the production, I guess, for lack of a better word, from the summer, all of that is rendered empty. And so this is just that that cycling of life that brings us from, from fullness to emptiness. And it's important to go into the winter with some emptiness because it needs to be filled with the very, very uh, important energies that we connect to in the winter. Okay, so this is this perfect state then to enter into the yin time, the state of surrender and letting go and emptiness and courage. It's important. The courage is really important. As we move into the winter, into this kidney time, into this water time, to face our fears and our stresses and our anxieties and to reconcile them with reality. And that's a really important thing because there are very few fears that are real. And those are important and we need to keep them because they largely keep us from doing things like stepping out in front of a moving train. But most of our fears are learned behaviors. They're projected onto the current situation and they simply aren't real. And then we create a great deal of anxiety and stress because of these fear responses to things. And so this is what the winter is about, is the kidneys' deep need to detox these energies. So keep in mind as we explore the winter and the water element that the water element itself is the root of life in Chinese uh, medicinal philosophy. So so again, back to this Taoistic idea of the winter as this time that we resource ourselves, we renew ourselves by going back to the beginning, back to the place that we came from and replenishing at this true essential essence energy okay so winter is the time then in the cycle of the year that the kidneys are cleansing and detoxing and trying to then nourish and express themselves in in their own sort of in their own little mini cycle seasonal cycle within the bigger annual cycle and the and then this this uh, detoxifying of the kidneys will open into the liver time of the spring and there's already a couple shows about that. So, so now we've got fall, winter, and spring linked after today's show. Anyway, so the kidneys detox and they release unexpressed fear and anxiety um, in their natural course of trying to uh, 
restore some health and balance and well-being, they're going to start trying to discharge um, these fears and anxieties and stresses and the results of them. So when we do not pay attention and follow the kidney's lead into this deep internal work, we inhibit that necessary detox. In other words, when we're afraid to face our fears and we just let the fact that we have stress stress us out more than we already are, then we don't detox. We don't let the kidneys detox. The kidney is then left on the kidneys, sorry, because for most of us, there's two of them. The kidneys are left unable to rebalance themselves. And the behavior that arises out of kidneys in excess is the projection of our history of fears onto the current moment. And this results in re-experiencing old fears in spite of what is actually happening and generating stress and anxiety in ourselves and others around us. Uh, This triggers a cortisol response in our body when none is really called for. And so that's the fight or flight response. But if we don't fight or fly or freeze, then the cortisol response chemically in the body just like poison in the body and we get puffy and um, stagnant and um, it's pretty toxic actually. So the behavior then that arises out of deficient kidneys, uh, like a deficient, the kidneys are not balanced, but they're deficient is you get a kind of reckless fearlessness that motivates us to be careless and potentially harmful to ourselves or others. And so you can get fearful or fearless when the kidneys are out of balance. Now, on the other hand, when we engage in the needed detoxifying of the kidneys in the winter, when we allow the kidneys to rebalance themselves, we get something else entirely. Our kidney energy balanced brings us into a place where we are trusting and brave. Right? And so first we have the courage. You know, We come into the winter with the courage to face our fears. And if we actually do that and let the kidneys rebalance then we are taken to a place that is trusting and brave. And a great deal of virtue then begins to motivate our actions when our kidney energy is healthy and balanced. And the virtues that we're talking about are the virtues of stillness and patience when needed. But there is also an alertness in the balanced kidneys. Um, so when we're um, in anxiety and stress and fear, we get this sort of hypervigilance. But in balance, the kidneys are about being patient, still, and aware, alert, engaged, but just in this trusting, brave place of patience. And this allows the opening of the heart. It allows perspective. And in that opening of the heart and that, that perspective, that ability to engage with reality not our fear-driven version of reality, we open to wisdom. And so the deep, deep result, the deep, deep gift of the deep yin times, in addition to the actual nourishment of the energy that sustains our health and well-being throughout the cycle of the year, is that we grow wise, wise in our heart, wise in our mind. So this is, um, so from this, we then derive this capacity for this gentle, persistent strength that can be referred to as glacial power, you know, moves like a glacier, that is, that is very quiet and very uh, persistent. There's, a, there's an ap- apparent stillness to it and a patience, yet it is relentless. 
Um, and a good example of that in the history on our globe would be Gandhi. Gandhi's a, a really beautiful example of glacial power. So in Chinese medicine, when the kidney bladder pair are allowed to follow their own wisdom and move towards health, we release our chronic stresses and chronic anxieties and we move through our fears into the emotional yin work. Um, fear and doubt are thus transformed into wisdom and trust. And this promotes the acceptance of the unknown and the unknowable. You know, and so this is what is allowing us then to move towards that great uh, generative void to the source and to resource ourselves. This allows us to engage with these big yin energies and restore our connection to where we came from, which restores then our connection within ourselves to why we are here. So the kidneys, um, obviously... Engage the water element. So as we talked about on the show about working with water in the in when I did the shows about elemental rituals, working with uh, waters ritually. So when we did that show, um, we were talking about water as the great shapeshifter um, because it moves from liquid to solid or liquid to gas, um, gas to liquid, you know, moves through all these different um, transformations without hesitation. And so the important thing about water elementally, especially in this wintertime and moving with the emotions, is that it helps us to transform. It helps us to shapeshift, to, tra- to, to shapeshift these issues. And it particularly helps us in shapeshifting things like fear. Um, and particularly the fear, the fears that we believe we cannot transform. Many of us are so attached to our fears, we perceive of them as reality. And they're learned fears. They are not reality. They're just your reality. And so they can be transformed. And the important thing that that ties in here also with water in the winter and the yin activities and the deep emotional work that is required if we are going to dissemble our fears is um, to understand that the natural state of emotions is water is like water they are meant to move they are meant to be in constant motion and even even though there are some you could say there are some uh, emotions that are fiery and some that are more stoic and um, earth-like I mean yes you can talk about all of the emotions as in you know varying degrees of the elements but as a whole emotions themselves no matter their own particular nature need to move that we're not meant to to stay stuck in a place uh, emotionally that emotions are meant to flow and to move sometimes they move fast sometimes they move slow it's a lot like a river where there's rapids and deep still pools and but they need to move and so water is also the beautiful metaphor for our emotions and and our ability to understand if 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 there is an emotion that is stuck it needs to be freed to flow period that it's not okay i was just teaching the clearing class in tucson and a couple people keep saying well this is this but it's okay and it's like no it's not emotions must flow okay so moving on so let's imagine 
let's let's just imagine that we're coming out of the fall in a good way that we are in a place where we are able to engage our courage and our capacity to surrender that we are able to let go we've been letting go and that we're in this place of emptiness okay so as we move into winter working with this this energy of the water first we must engage the water element and allow it to soothe us cooling and cleansing and moistening it soothes us from our transitional work of feeling our sadness and our grief in the fall you know we've been in the metal time and as we move out of that sadness and grief are are hard energies they hurt you know they're hard energies to move through and so our first engagement in the winter as we start to connect into the winter energies is the soothing quality of the water and when we've we've sort of restored ourselves from the fall work then we can tune into the reflective aspect of the water element that it you know the, a pool of water reflects like a mirror and this allows us to begin to engage in those yin activities that um, I was talking about to reflect self-reflection to reflect on ourselves to reflect on our past to reflect on our fear patterns to reflect on our stress and our anxiety it allows us time to reflect and I have recently been reminded of the, the damage a single individual can do if they refuse self-reflection because they get trapped in their own story. Any one of us any day can get trapped in our own story. But if we have practices of self-reflection and a value for self-reflection, we'll catch ourselves. We'll pull ourselves out of that. But a single human being that has no value for or tools or takes the time for self-reflection is really dangerous and damaging to everybody around them. It's a very important value to hold. So then from the, from the soothing energy to the self-reflective energy, there becomes uh, the discovery that, that we gain through that self-reflection. And as we begin to understand things in new ways and we, draw, we can draw on the water's nature then to adapt, to shapeshift, to change ourselves into new ways of being, new ways of living, new ways of seeing the world. But that's the important thing to understand as we allow emotions to flow, our perspective changes and we can change. And so as we learn and adapt because of, as a result of our time in self-reflection, uh, we can become more mature adults in the way that we understand ourselves. And as we accept and draw from maybe the gifts from our shadow selves, um, as we reflect, we can transform with patience and compassion. And in all of this, we become more trustworthy to ourselves. And this is a thing that people sometimes don't understand is really at the root of why they don't know why they're here and they don't have good journeys. Is that frankly, the inner self, the ling spirit of the heart, the soul that has the longing for why they're here, our deep uh, truth chord that resonates with the truth, that these aspects of ourself have been ignored for so long. They've been denied. They've been, um, sometimes people get really angry with the fact that they see the truth. So after, after putting up with that from us for decades, these aspects of ourselves don't want to talk to us. We've been terrible. Why would they? And so there's this opportunity in this wintertime to restore that relationship through this self-reflection, through this deep yin practices, 
to restore our own inner trust with ourselves, which makes us a more trustworthy person in the world. And when we do that, there can be a, an unfolding then of a deeper understanding uh, of our past in one sense. But in this deeper understanding, we begin to actually gain wisdom. I don't know if you ever noticed this, but people that, that suffer from anxiety and stress don't have a strong access to their wisdom. I'm not saying they're not wise, but they can't access it when they need it. It's not available to them. And that and and so you can really see in in these times when we go in, when we are in anxiety or high stress, it's like it just cuts off our avenue towards our own wisdom. We forget everything we know. And um, so so in that you see this pairing, you know, in this kidney energy between anxiety and stress and fear and wisdom as they they're like mutually exclusive states. And so if we want to be in our wisdom and cultivate wisdom, we need to choose to get out of fear, stress and anxiety. And this is what the wintertime is about. So cultivating inner wisdom allows us then to engage in this final aspect, this kind of final gift of the water, which is that water brings life to the planet. You know, it's this, this capacity to access our full potential, the sprouting energy. You know, there's so many things that, that don't move into life until there is water, right? And so this is the energy of an engaging our full potential, not the actual engaging of it, but that being at that place where we're at that full potential. And then we move that then into the spring, um, into the liver time, the dreamer manifestor time. So as we feel this potential within ourselves and know it to be true, then we can feel this courage, uh, trans the courage we brought from the fall transforming transforming into bravery right and then the bravery will allow us to move um, into action in the world in the spring so it's all a lovely system through the seasons if we just allow ourselves to do it if we just trust our organs and let them detox and move through the seasons it would each season would deposit us gracefully into the arms of the next and to simply attend to the actual season, seasonal changes and the organs that need to detox during those times and support those detoxes would, would put us in one, in one quick year into good balance with ourselves. It's really – it's quite an elegant and graceful system if we would just participate in it. Okay, so in this way of working with the water element of winter, this allows us to transform fear and doubt into wisdom and trust, which allows us to – um, promote within ourselves acceptance of the unknown and the unknowable and again this this bravery in the face of what we do not know and cannot know this is very important if we're going to start to engage with the source and renew our understanding of why we are here and so from this place then where we can really just accept and be in the unknown and the unknowable be with it so then we can move into, into connecting to the source and remembering why we are here. It comes out of that place of vulnerability and not knowing. And it's important to renew and restore that place deeply each year. Because in the doing of that, then it restores our knowing of why we are here. 
so this is what is at the root of deep yin nourishment and this is why water is the root of life itself so when we refuse the path of the kidneys in the winter and we do not allow them to rebalance themselves through our deep through engaging in our deep emotional work uh, we emerge from the winter expressing that maladjustment and in this state we are inhibited or overly cautious that's fearful or we were engaging in this false bravado where, we, where we're all talk and no walk, right? It's all about the talk, but nothing ever actually happens. So when we accept the path of the kidneys and do the deep internal personal work needed to allow the kidneys to rebalance themselves, then we gain enormous virtue. We find that we, we, we emerge from the winter with tremendous resources to draw on. We emerge with indomitable will. We are quietly relentless. And we have the wisdom to draw on and from that we need. This is the wisdom that we need to access the intelligence to succeed and survive in the manifestation of our purpose in our life. So all of this allows us to trust life and ourselves to be brave, knowing we can recruit our will uh, to manage what we can and what we need to do and to truly embrace the challenges of life. So it, it, it prepares us to engage and it, and it re, reorients, us up, reorients us, it reorganizes us to understand what is worth engaging in. So the kidneys are connected to a spirit energy called the jer and this is the spirit of will and intent. Now this is not will and intent in the western sense it's not even will and intent in the new age sense it is not will and intent in the sense of the secret in the sense of manifesting your reality it's not that will and intent um it is not the will of personal gain or the will of individual power and this is, I think, one of those places where language and meaning are really challenged in the interpretation between cultures. But this is the will that I would describe as the desire of the soul to live its purpose. And so in that sense, um, it's that sense that I talk about on the shows that this is, the, is, in essence, the will of the soul to do what it has come here to do. And our ability to focus our intent on that will of the soul. So the value of your yin time in the winter is a, a value of really following the path laid down by the kidneys and their need to detox and rebalance. In other words, to deal with your stuff. Now. Well, not now because it's not quite winter, but you know what I mean. To deal with what the kidneys are asking you to deal with and to not argue about it. The value of allowing the water element to help you to transform your current template of fear is that this is the most direct way to strengthen your willpower to, to live your unique genius. To know why you are here and to trust that knowing enough to give your life over to it. When our sense of our purpose is vague, it's very hard to give our life over to it. But when our sense of our purpose is strong, you know, it goes back to that really beautiful, virtuous place we gain from really doing the work of the winter, the yin work of the winter, where we have tremendous reserves to draw on and an indomitable will and quiet relentlessness and this wisdom to draw on all 
to bring our purpose into the world. So, so what this, this winter time could give us if we would do it, do our kidney time, do our yin time, is to be brave enough to live for your vision and to actualize your unique self in this lifetime. And so this is the spirit that is connected with the kidneys. The Jair spirit is cultivated when we cultivate the health and balance of the kidneys. And this is in the winter. And this is the will and intent to bring into manifestation the unique individual that you are from your inner world into your life in the outer world. So it's not enough to just know it within yourself, but it needs to be brought out then in the spring and manifest. So it's that. It's the energy that we need to be able to actually do that. And this energy is about having these tremendous reserves and this, this, this will and intent, this quiet, relentless ability to simply take the steps and to trust your knowing. And in this to bring forth that which is within you. So these are the teachings then really of basically Taoism around the winter, the kidney time, the water time. And so again, the, the, the big unbalanced emotion of the kidneys is fear, whether it's being too fearful or fearless, right? But the, and so fearlessness is not actually the energy of a healthy kidney. The, the healthy energy is um, about this deep capacity that comes from the yin work that becomes this trust and bravery, this indomitable will. These are the energies that come out of the kidney time. Okay, so what are we going to do about this information? How do we deal with this shamanically? So first off, shamanically – we need to remember that how we see a situation matters a great deal when we're journeying about it or divining about it or asking spirit to help us with it. And fear is a universally human issue uh, that my otherwise stellar resources are really pretty weak in. So this is yet another reason that I've turned to the spirits a lot in terms of how to deal with fear. Um, but why are these resources universally weak? Well, because they're all written by humans. And humans, contemporary humans, don't get fear. And I think this is because nothing changes without warriorship. And warriorship doesn't happen without courage. And in this particular case, the courage necessary to face our fears. So as we explored last week, the metal time of the fall gives us through our uh, expression of sadness and grief, it takes us to our courage. But if we um, leave these feelings unexpressed and unattended to, if we um, don't attend to these energies, we don't get taken to our courage. We don't get connected to our courage. We actually get cut off from it. And culturally, we don't do sadness and grief. It's a cultural habit, cultural bad habit. So consequently, culturally, each year we become more and more disconnected from our courage because we're more and more disconnected from our courage. We are more and more disconnected from our warriorship. And without warriorship, there is no ability to face our fears in a way that will actually transform them into the yin nourishment we so desperately need so that we can reconnect with the source and reconnect with ourselves and do what we've come here to do. So, 
I hope you're following this. So let's just say that we attend to our sadness and grief and from that comes our courage. So let's say then that we bring that courage into the winter and we do uh, what is necessary to face our fears. So how would we do that? We do want to do that. So how would we do that shamanically? So it takes a few steps. It's not just a single journey. But ultimately, we can focus on the heart of the fear and move through that. And it is through the heart that we are, the heart in the fear, that we are able to become the person who can dissemble the fear, which allows us to learn why we are the person who no longer needs to be afraid of that fear. Now, I'm going to caution you here. When I explored this dynamic as a request of my first community, the initial student community that was an informal community, which no longer exists. So when I explored this for them to support them in addressing their fears, it was actually the beginning of the end of that first community. As I look back, I didn't know that at the time. Because you see, as much as we thrash around about our fears, in truth, they protect us from doing what we came here to do. They are our out. They are the back door that we keep open just in case. They are the one thing we allow to defy all of our psychological and emotional healing. The bottom line excuse is always, but I was afraid. And we let that be enough to derail us. It's a very strong cultural imperative. And we need to knock it off. So the problem here, if I continue which I will, I don't have very many more minutes, but I will. If you learn to dismantle your fears, then there will be no more excuses. And you need to understand that and don't blame me for it. I've cautioned you. Okay, we're driving past the caution sign on the road to dismantling your fears. Here we go. So here's the path you can use with your helping spirits in journeys to find and move through the heart of your fears. So first you need a diagnostic journey, which would be either... You can start with what is or show me, depending on how you get your answers in your journey. But basically, what is the root of my fear of blah, 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 whatever your fear is? Or the diagnostic could, journey could be, what is the true nature of my fear of blah, blah, blah? Okay. So why do you need to include the blah, blah, blah? Because there is a healthy instinctual fear response that keeps us physically safe in the world. So if you just journey and ask about my fear, the spirits really don't know what you're talking about. Your instinctual fear, your learned fears, they're not the same. What are you asking about? It's a very it's a very poor journey question to ask whatever about my fear. Fear of what? Okay, so that's the first thing. The second reason is that which um the which fear right so the group of your learned fears are different learned fear patterns which each have their own root and their own true nature so be specific if you want to deal with three fears then do three journeys they're three different fears now that doesn't mean you won't sometimes get the same answers that some fear patterns won't have the same root or the same true nature but you need to ask you can't assume that that's the case 
Okay, so moving right along. Given the answer to step one, you'll need to take action to, you know, once you find out either the root or the true nature, you'll need to clear something, change something, change your attitude about something. So given your answer to your diagnostic question, you're going to need to take action to remove the root of the fear. For example, if the root of your fear is unresolved ancestral energy, then get an ancestral healing. Simple. Or if the answer was something about the true nature of the fear, for example, if the true nature of the fear is a way that you protect your inner three-year-old, then go find your inner three-year-old and clear the energy that holds them as a three-year-old in that suspended state and clear that. So obviously, you do the diagnostic journey and then you have a remedy, which you need to take action on. And it could be that your first action is to find out what your remedy is. But the point is, diagnostic journey action to address that diagnosis. Okay, so now let's say you've taken those two steps. So step three is to do the power journey. And it's sort of like a quest journey. Um, You're looking for three powers. Now, some of you, this will work best in three separate journeys. Depends on how strong a journey you are, how comfortable you are with complex journeys. If you're not, then just do them as three separate journeys. But these are the three powers that you're looking for. The power you have misplaced and now can't find. The second power is the power you have forgotten and neglected into a state of disrepair. The third power is the power that needs to be retrieved and you need to retrieve it at the end of that journey. Okay, so now you have three powers you were unaware until that journey that you actually have at your disposal. So once you have these, you can move on to step four. And this is the journey to ask, show me what is at the heart of this fear. And once you see or feel in that journey what is at the heart of the fear, then decide which of your three powers or two or all three of them you're going to use to assist you in moving directly into the heart of the fear and moving through it. That's, that's the journey, and you've got these powers you didn't think you had. You've got to use them and move through the heart. And that will involve loving whatever is at the heart of the fear and moving through it. Okay, step five is the discovery not only of what is on the other side of that fear, but who you are. Having loved the heart of that fear and moved through it, who have you become? As you've picked up these powers, loved this energy and moved through it, who have you become and where have you been deposited on the other side of that journey? And then the sixth step is to stabilize the new person. And you take a journey to find out what one thing do you need to do daily to reinforce this new person you've become? What one thing do you need to do with spirit to reinforce the person you've become? And what, where will you need to ask for help? And what help will you need to ask for to reinforce yourself? So that's the process of basically journeying into the heart of a fear and, and in loving what is at the heart of the fear, moving through it. And this can allow you then to attend more deeply to the emotions and the shadow work and the other energy that needs to happen in the winter 
so that you can renew and restore yourself in that um, essential yin time. So I give great thanks to the helping spirits for all their endless resource and uh, creative teachings about how to actually deal with fear in the life of a simple contemporary human. I give thanks to the ancestral energies for gathering round in their many forms. I give thanks to the earth below and the sky above and the heart that unites us all. So I wanted to let you all know that I have a a new experience coming up in the end of January of next year of 2015. I'm going to be part of a group of people that are being asked to do a conference, a very experiential conference on yoga dreams and dreaming, exploring the second state of consciousness. And a couple of the other people on the panel will be Robert Moss, who's been on the show talking about active dreaming, and Ed Tick, who's been on the show talking about um, working with people, the traumas of war. And um, so it's it's not only it does it sound to me like a really interesting conference in and of itself, especially for those of you that do dream work, but it's going to be in the Bahamas. How bad can that be? Um, so it's at the Sivananda Bahamas Ashram and Yoga Retreat. And within the next few days, I'll have a link up on my own website to register. But you can register now through the Sivananda Bahamas site itself. Um, so. That's something new for those of you that might be interested. So for the rest of you, um, remember, those of you in the Northern Hemisphere, you are in lung time. Find in that the courage that you need to enter in a good way into the winter that is coming so that you can restore and rejuvenate your knowing of your own true self. So thank you, everyone, and have a good week.